This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. AM 570 KLAC, 987 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. An L.A. sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Peterson. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Peterson. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue on. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Hey, if you don't have the free iHeartRadio app, what are you waiting for? If you have the app, you can stream the show wherever you go, live all over the world. And people do listen to us all over the world. The world. So we invite you to get the app. And then if you missed any part of the show, feel free to download the podcast. Check it out. Kevin puts it up the minute we get off the air every day. Jack Harris of the LA Times I thought was outstanding, Rodney, in hour one talking about the Dodgers and uh, what happened and where they go from here. Dan Wojcicki joined us at the top of the 1 o'clock hour and talked about where the Lakers are. Uh, we are looking for a haiku. We did have someone call, ready to go, and then said, oh, damn. Oh, no. I thought I emailed the haiku to myself so I wouldn't forget it. But what? he did not email it to himself. So we have an opening for the haiku. If anyone would like to do the honor of paying tribute to Vic, with a listener haiku, 866-987-2570. You are certainly uh, invited to partake. But before we get to that, Rodney, uh, Emmanuel Acho speak on FS1. Uh, he was talking about Justin Herbert. And I don't know if some fans feel this way or not. I mean, we are fans of Justin Herbert, and perhaps I was a much bigger fan much quicker than you were because I'm a prisoner of the moment. And I thought, my God, this guy is going to set the world on fire. He's going to tear up the league. That's the guy I would bank everything on. Well, Acho says, perhaps Justin Herbert is overrated. I said at first, Herbert was overpraised, but not overrated. It's time for me to correct myself. Justin Herbert is both overpraised and maybe the most overrated quarterback in football. Prior to the season, Super Bowl attending coaches compared Justin Herbert to Tom Brady. Justin Herbert had been compared to Patrick Mahomes, to Josh Allen. Justin Herbert's record is 19 and 20 as a starter. Justin Herbert, we thought you were so great because you were stunting on Joe Burrow. You were stunting on Tua. Remember, Joe Burrow's first year in the league, he gets hurt. Justin Herbert throws for more yards than we've ever seen a rookie quarterback throw for. Tua's first year in the league, he's arguing with Ryan Fitzpatrick, physically speaking, over who should be the starter. But then the playing field got level. Then we gave Tua two top flight receivers. And both the Tua's receivers are now top five in receiving yards. Then we saw Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And Joe Burrow in his second year went to the Super Bowl. When the playing field got level, we finally could assess everybody for who they really are. Justin Herbert is a great quarterback. His joy would say he would win a lot of beauty pageants. But is Justin Herbert winning football games? He's not. 
Rodney, what do you think? Is that fair? At the surface, you can say that, but I, I, I don't agree with that. I, I think that he is, in his third year, um, is realizing what NFL players, and especially quarterbacks, go through um, during the course of their career. Everything's not great. He had an unbelievable rookie year, which is, granted, when you have a year like that, people are going to sing your praises, and, you, and it's warranted, because it's hard to do as a rookie to come in and do what he did. Uh, I, I know firsthand to come out of college, no matter where you came from, to come to the NFL and light it up like he did, that's hard, hard, hard to do. Um, but oftentimes, and I heard them too, I heard that segment, and, and, and he's right. I think winning is a quarterback stat. And so when you put in wins and losses, um, he doesn't stack up. And he doesn't have the numbers when it comes to that that you would like him to have in year three. I think there are more factors than just him. I think the the Chargers have been snake bitten by injuries. He hasn't had Keenan Allen for a number of weeks now, uh, to the start of this season. Uh, now we're seeing Mike Williams is is a little banged up, so he haven't he hasn't Austin Eckler didn't play a couple games. So I, I think he's not had all of his weapons week in and week out, and. We don't talk about that. We just talk about at the end of the game how his numbers are down, or he didn't. Uh, he only threw for X, Y, Z, and and didn't throw many touchdown passes. Well, if you don't have your weapons, take the weapons away, then you, everybody's going to be ordinary. So I'm not blaming him. The jury, for me, um, I I still think he is a top-notch quarterback and will be in this league, and and he's got all the tools to make that. Plus, on the wins and losses. I don't think you can all put it on him. I think Brandon Staley's got to take some of those losses uh, that the Chargers have had in the last couple of years as well. Yeah, and, and what I was going to say was, he's the quarterback, but you got to be surrounded with guys that can help you win. And your defense yeah. has got to stop guys so you can score. And also this year, when you look at it, and you can say he's overrated, he's hurt. You would say everybody is hurt every year. Everybody's hurt. They kick, somebody's hurt. And you have that pain all year long. But this is a guy dealing with ribs. Yep. And Rodney, you've mentioned this. That's the one thing a quarterback does not want. Because your ribs are exposed on every time you try to throw the ball. And even if you're better, if somebody hits you in the ribs, even if you're wearing a flak jacket, you still feel it. And, and then right that pain lingers. One. Yeah, you're right back to where you were before the game. And, and, and it does linger. And again, not only is he hurt, but his team is hurt. His weapons are hurt. So it's uh, you got to look at the totality of the situation before you can just say, oh, he's uh, overrated or he's bust or whatever you want to call it. All right. Uh, now it is time for the haiku. If you listen on a daily basis, you are aware of the fact that Vic is having a procedure. I bet it's – I don't know if he's had it yet, but he said he would call. What is he having, Fred? What is he, what is he getting done All again? Right. He's having something personal. <laughs> That we were told not to talk about. Then he came on the air and immediately have, discussed the whole thing. Do we do we have that, Kevin? Of big describing what he not. I don't have not it. That you go play it up again. Directly no, I in play front it. of me, but no, no. I can go dig it up if you want. Big guy got, got the technical terms and everything going. Yeah, whatever you do, don't bring it up. Don't don't ask him what it is. Okay. Maybe on a I don't care Friday we can bring it. Bring maybe you do up. it on Friday. Yeah, maybe we'll let you hear exactly what Vic is having done. Uh, but Rodney, as you would say, it, it's in the bag. I wouldn't say no. that, Fred. No, <laughs> I wouldn't. I've never heard Rodney say that. <laughs> no, I would not say that. You say that. 
Oh, yeah, I said that. You and the cool kids say that there, yeah, Brad. Me and the cool kids. Yes. All right. So uh, we are asking our listeners, and we do have someone that's going to jump on here in a second. Jay from Lake Forest is going to deliver the, the listener haiku to pay tribute to Vic. But before we get to that, let's bring on Vic with a retro haiku. Handsome pitcher, my eyes drift down to the mound. I'm feeling you. Yeah, that was a haiku by Brenda Gammon, who does the erotic baseball haikus. Yeah, that's Brenda Gammon's work. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so that was a haiku that Vic pulled out of his book of haikus one day. Now, Jay from Lake Forest is on the air. Jay, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Fred. Hello, Jay. Good afternoon, Rodney Pete. Hello, Jay. Good afternoon to all the other fellers, Jeff and the boys. And here is my haiku to honor Who's Jeff? Dick Jacobs. Wait, but before we do that, Jay. No, before we do that. No, that was a good one, though. That was a good one to get past it. No, no, no. We have one question. (laughs) One question. Trying to get past it. I like it, though. Because Jay, you you listen to the show, and we appreciate that. Can you tell us? You're rolling good. Yeah. Can you please tell us who is Jeff? You you said hello to Jeff. Who's Jeff? Oh, oh, sorry. (laughs) Maybe I meant you. Yeah. All right. First of all, let me give you everybody. Uh, let me give you everybody. It's not oh Jeff. God. It's Kevin. Kevin is one. Kevin. Right. Kevin. And Ronnie is the other. Now, would you like to Kevin. come on again and say hello to everybody? Just like Vic would. Good afternoon, Fred. Hello, Jay. Good afternoon, Rodney. Jay, 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 Jay. Good afternoon, Kevin Biggin. What's going on, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> Good afternoon, Ronnie Fazio. Feeling you. <laughs> all right, now you're ready. This is good. Now you're ready. I'm ready. I'm all. I'm all warmed up now. I'm ready. Okay. All right. Here is my hike. Very good. I met VTB on the club level. Roll the elevator. Well, feeling you, Vic. Okay, Jay, that was pretty cut and dry. That that was pretty much just a description of what happened. But to be fair, some of Vic's haikus are like that. I'm telling you, I was waiting in line for the elevator. I turn around, Vic's right behind me. We ride the elevator together, and as we're riding it down to the from the club level down to the down to field level. He and I are saying, feeling you to each other, mouthing it across the elevator to one another. I'll never forget it. So Uh, you you did not speak it out loud. You just mouthed it. Yes, because we were in the elevator, but but we were saying, feeling you to one another. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jay. That is is a good story, Jay. That's nice. That's That's a nice tribute. That's That's my Vic story. All right. Jay, appreciate you listening. Thanks so much, and thanks for the haiku today. Every afternoon, fellas, you got it. Look at me. I'm still a wreck. Yeah, we understand, Vic. Well, now it's time for It's Lit. 
It's lit. Stories lighting up the sports headlines. Brought to you by our buddy Jacob and Ronnie. If you find yourself in trouble, there is one attorney to call. It is our attorney, Jacob and Ronnie. Accident or injury, call Jacob and Ronnie. Call Jacob. We talked about the Lakers and their early season struggles. And the last couple of years, Rob Palenka has started this thing called the Genius Series, where he brings in a celebrity or motivational speaker, someone to come in and speak to the team. Yes. Well, before they embarked on their uh, this trip, they apparently had Will Smith come in and give the team a bit of a, a bit of a pep talk. He slapped them, silly. He sure did. <laughs> Told them what it takes to uh, to find a way to uh, break through and and stay positive uh, in the midst of adversity. Well, is Will Smith a good choice to bring in to speak to the team going through some adversity at the moment there, Fred? Well, if you gotta you gotta slap some sense into him, maybe. Whose idea was this again? I mean, Rob Palenka set this series up a couple of years ago, so I don't know if he specifically booked Will for this himself or not. But this was this is his brainchild. Uh, well, I mean, look, aside from a misstep or two, Heath Ledger wasn't available. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Right. Uh, Will Smith has been successful in his chosen field of endeavor. Yeah. And, uh, perhaps, you know, he offered some motivational tips. I think the first thing he said is it's great to be here. Let me tell you something. Trade Russell Westbrook. Oh, so I wasn't keeping my wife's name out your MF and mouse. He, <laughs> he didn't start the meeting with that. No, it was keep Russell Westbrook's name out of your oh, mouth. Oh, got you. Yeah. Got you. Right. So it was Pac-12 media days uh, for basketball. So that meant that George Klyovkov was there and was basically grilled about the Pac-12, whether or not it's sticking around. Do they have a TV contract coming up? Pretty much everything except basketball. Now, one thing he did say, he said he's spoken to many constituents around UCLA and USC who are not on board with them going to the Big Ten. Liar. I don't know. Do we take his word for that? Because I I feel like he's probably fabricating just a little bit, but you're not buying it, Fred? No. No, I'm not buying it. You know, I've talked to a lot of people, and what they've told me is that these schools should not go off, double the money they make, more than double it per year in their media rights negotiation, and play in a much bigger stage. They said, that's not for us. What we want to do is make less money and play in a smaller stage. Here is his exact quote via our guy Ben Bolch from the LA Times. Klayovkov said, I have yet to talk to anyone in the UCLA or USC community who was in favor of this move. I will say that I probably hear from folks who are not in favor of it more than anything. Yeah, Rodney, what do you think of that? I buy it. I I, I, I buy it. Most most alums and of uh, both schools, I think, don't like it or not in favor of it they understand it they get where the world is now and they get where college football is and understand it but when you talk to most of them they're like ah, i don't like it i don't like it I'm, a, I'm i like the tradition i like i like the stanford cow trips i like those games against oregon I, I most people i've talked to are not in favor of moving to the big 10 uh, again they understand it from a business standpoint but in their heart of hearts they don't like it and I'm sure it's the same thing for UCLA. And with that, uh, John Canzano, a big Pac-12 insider, reporting that the Pac-12 conference is still holding out hope that UCLA will reverse course and find a way to remain in the conference, though he believes that that's unlikely. I guess there's a Board of Regents meeting coming up next month, the 15th through the 17th, in San Francisco, where they're going to talk about this further. So it seems like there's still, still talks and negotiations and hope 
from some sides at least at UCLA and their board of regents can uh, can force uh, UCLA to stay in the Pac-12, Fred. I think that's really sad. I- I'm sorry, I do. The only reason that the board of regents is upset and they concoct all of these wild schemes, that's bad for the student athletes. Actually, no, it's not. The athletes like to travel. They like to be on the big stage. The only reason they're doing this is because they're upset that poor Cal was left out. And that's because probably somebody is making political donations to the governor. And the governor has decided that he's going to insert himself in this. If they took Cal, do you think anybody would complain? Not one bit. Right. So all of a sudden, everybody would be okay. Everything would be fine. It's not bad for the student athletes. It's great for them. No, this is just about them not taking Cal. Period. I I I, I think it's um, it's unfortunate for UCLA, and I think that the the Board of Regents is doing one school a disservice to try and make the other school feel better. Right? Yeah. No, I agree with you 100. percent Listen, Cal. Sorry, Cal. You're not UCLA, and it's unfortunate they didn't want you, Cal. But you're right. They should not hold back UCLA because Cal got their feelings hurt. It's a bad move. Talked a little bit yesterday about the initial reports that the Dodgers could be interested in Aaron Judge. Talked about letting Trey Turner walk, moving Mookie Betts to second base, and signing Aaron Judge to a big contract. There's a report from NJ.com that says the San Francisco Giants are pretty much willing to spare no expense to make sure they bring Aaron Judge to San Francisco. The quote is, they will not be overbid. Do we think the Dodgers would get into a bidding war with the Giants for Aaron Judge's services, Fred? Uh, Do I think they'll get into a bidding war? Yes. I certainly think they'll kick the tires. Jack Harris talked about that during the noon hour. I certainly think they will uh, be in it, but I don't think they'll go insane. There was a report yesterday, not this NJ.com, a completely different report, talked about upwards of $500 million. Think the Dodgers are doing that? I don't think the Dodgers are signing anybody long-term. I think that's what it comes down to again, and I've said it. And Mookie Betts will. is our long-term guy. Freddie Freeman is their next long-term guy. I don't think they're giving two guys 10-year deals. I don't believe it. Well, you answered your own question. The Giants will yep. give give the Dodgers a run for their money in Aaron Judge sweepstakes. Just think about it. Who's the Giants' face of the franchise right now? Buster Posey retired, right? Yep. So there, there, there isn't one. And, and Aaron Judge is from what? Right in the area, 100 miles away from Oracle Park. So it makes sense for them to go all in on a local kid that they can get behind and, and certainly puts people in the seat. So I see the Giants going all in on this guy and making the Dodgers overpay if they want him. Did you see the story about Russell Wilson as the, the Broncos are getting ready to, for their flight going oh, over to London? God. <laughs> now, he's a very polarizing figure for whatever oh, reason. Some people say man. that he's fake and he's corny and all that stuff. I certainly understand the argument. So he did an interview saying, like, while the rest of the team was knocked out on our flight to London, I was in the aisle doing high knees and making sure that I'm getting myself ready to go. <laughs> it's and many people are like, see, this is the part of Russell Wilson that we don't like. Just trying to show exactly how much harder he works than everybody else. And, you know, I am I was banged up, but darn it, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get on the field. Does it annoy you guys as much as it annoys everybody else? That is pretty annoying. <laughs> and Rodney, maybe you can speak to it since you were on flights with other players. And if one when they got off the plane said, look, 
Everybody was asleep. It was a long flight. But I was up there doing some high leg kicks, getting myself ready. How would you react as a teammate? I've had the same reaction as most people had about this all morning long when I heard it. You just roll your eyes. You roll your eyes and say, even if that were true. Because he said, I was working out for four hours. It's an eight-hour trip. Yes. I was working out for four hours. I was doing high knees down the aisle while other people were asleep. Um, Then he said, went on to say, I I slept for an hour. Then I watched film uh, on the plane. Even if that were true, you don't have to say it. You don't have to let the world know. Just do it if that were true. Get off the planes. Say, yeah, I, I, it was a good trip. It was a good plane ride. But he does. He goes overboard into letting people know what exactly he's doing. And and it does come across like he's fake and phony and doing it for effect. And, and when you're losing... That doesn't go over very well, Fred. What happened to him? Was he always this way, or did he yes. become this way? Well, I mean, look at all the, what his Seattle yes. teammates say about him. Yes. I feel like from, this is kind of following him a little bit, right? the moment he had success up in Seattle early on, yeah, a lot of his teammates were turned off about him, uh, with him early on. There was friction, yeah. The Legion of Boom and Doom and all them, those guys were, they had a lot of, lot of, lot of issues with him. Yeah, you know, we talk about negative recruiting in, in college sports and all that. Uh, Jimbo Fisher has not had the greatest tenure uh, down at Texas A&M. He got the most money. Sure as hell did. Uh, so now, one recruiting pitch that he seems to be going with now is, you know, if you go someplace and you're winning a whole lot, you might not be able to play right away. You come here and we're struggling a little bit, we'll throw you right into the starting lineup potentially if you're good enough. Is that a probably a smart recruiting tactic? I'm sure it's smart. I just don't know if I've ever heard it from that, especially from an SEC school like well, that before. If you ask Nick Saban, he doesn't have to do that. He can just pay just everybody. Pay everybody, everybody sure. Yeah, why can't he recruit there? Obviously, NIL, and they would pay. He does recruit. I mean, they they've had top pay. recruiting classes the last three years. They just haven't yeah. panned out. And they signed him to a long-term deal. They did ten years, I believe it was ten years uh, contract last year. Yeah, I don't know, Rodney. Is that a great ret- if, if you if you are um, when you were coming out of high school, if one of the coaches said to you, "Look, got to be honest with you, we're not that good." But uh, the good news is, since we're not that good, if you come here, you'll get to play immediately. Would you go? I'm in. Not if you're a top recruit, because if you're a top recruit, you think you can go to Alabama and play. Right. So if you're a top recruit, you're like, no, I, I want to go win. I'm going to a place I can win. And if you're not, then maybe that's, you know, for that, that second-tier guy that says, okay, I may not have a shot to play right away at Alabama or Georgia. I may have to wait and, and, and be a backup for a while where I can go to Texas and play. Yeah, but you're not getting the, the top five guy. Bad, 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 bad PR, Jimbo. All right. And that's what's lighting up the headlines. Oh, baby, oh, baby, yeah. Yeah, I like it like that. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. 
For the ones who get it done. I had to bring that out. I'm sorry. Did you have to? I had to. I had no choice. Listen to uh, every LA Kings game at HCN, the LA Kings Audio Network, and the free iHeartRadio app. The keyword is LA Kings. Go, Kings, go. We are still giving away tickets to see UCLA Stanford. That's coming up. And when we come back, are the Lakers and Clippers in the exact same spot? Now, your chance to win $1,000. Just enter this nationwide keyword on our website. Win. That's win. Enter it now. Do it. AM570LASports.com. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much. Yes. Speaking of which, traffic. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you missed any of Rogan and Rodney, you can podcast it on the iHeartRadio app. Rogan and Rodney. AM570 LA Sports. And we keep it moving. Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan. On a beautiful hump day. The day is beautiful in Southern California. All right, Rodney. Uh, Lakers in Denver tonight. And there was some question as to whether or not Russell Westbrook was going to play. Well, Sham Sarania uh, just revealed this. Sources tell me that Russell Westbrook will miss tonight's game. And sources also have informed me that Austin Reeves is expected to start in place of Westbrook tonight. Uh, Reeves practiced with the first unit yesterday in practice with Lonnie Walker, LeBron James, Patrick Beverly, Anthony Davis, and he has spent time starting in the preseason. And guys, this is very much a move that the Lakers could continue depending on how tonight's game goes and depending on how they feel about the rotations with this starting unit and moving forward. This is a team that's 0-3. This is a very big game. It's very hard to find you know, these monumental games in the regular season in October, but this is one of them. The difference between 1-3 and 0-4 and and is pretty dramatic. And Darvin Ham and Russell Westbrook, from what I'm told, have been working together to try to figure out a solution and f- find the best role for him to really impact this team. And the Lakers have had one of the best defensive teams in the league so far, so credit Darvin Ham and his staff for that. All right, and uh, we credit Bally Sports for uh, Sham's interview. Uh, what's interesting here is, A, Darvin Ham likes Austin Reeves. He plays him a lot. He's in the game. I think he likes his aggressiveness. I think he likes how hard he plays. So that is somebody that has caught the eye of the new coach. Uh, Second, if this works, they're going to keep doing it. They're trying to find that that rotation that works. And if it keep doing it, what? Keep starting Austin Reeves? Yeah, that's what he just said. Keep starting Austin Reeves. If it works, why would you change it? And then he added what you heard. Uh, he is trying to work with Russell Westbrook on a role or or how he can fit in. I think that was very telling, which means they don't know where Russ fits in. And if they don't know that, Russ can't be happy about that. That That's going to be an issue. And I said it earlier, if they win tonight, if they beat Denver yeah. without Russ, I think it's worse for Russ than if he plays and they lose. I think it's worse for him. Well, 
See, we don't need him. He hurts us. He doesn't help us. Fair or unfair, right or wrong, I do think that's what people are going to say. Well, you know what? He didn't play and we won. We're going to go with this group. Russ, we got to find a place for you. I think it hurts them more if they if, if uh, they win tonight, Rodney. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree. It, it definitely hurts Russ if the Lakers go ahead and win with a new starting lineup, him him not playing. It uh, it becomes a real problem to insert him back in the starting lineup. And you will see, if they do win tonight, you will see Russ get healthy real quick. Uh, you know, that, that hamstring, will he'll play through that hamstring injury um, to get back on the court. Because if it uh, if they do win, you got to assume that they'll keep that going for a minute. Uh, but the longer it does go and it looks like it's working, that is doomsday for Russ. And, and coaches are... Or sometimes, uh, you know, get caught up into the moment as well. We saw Belichick get caught up in the moment of, uh, of of Bailey Zappi at quarterback, thought he was a savior, and went with him on on Monday night, and see how that turned out. So now he's got a real problem at quarterback there. Not to jump off that track, but um, but yeah, this is this is a situation where it's a it's a big night for Lakers, but even a bigger night for Russ, depending on how they uh, come about. From this game. Yeah, a bigger night for Russ, and he's not doing anything. Yeah. He's just watching tonight. Yeah, and I still question. I, I Maybe his hamstring, yeah, his hamstring's sore. I'm sure of that. But maybe they said, you know what, Russ, we just noticed when you were moving, you a little, look, something was a little off. Why don't you give your hamstring some time to rest? And if they're doing that, then they specifically want to see what would happen if he didn't play. I think it's coming to a head now. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, the kid, uh, the the quarterback, Cooper Rush, right, for Dallas. Yeah. Letting him play in Philly. Now, Dak Prescott probably was healthy enough to play. But they let Cooper Rush play, and if Cooper Rush would have won that game, there would have been real issues down in Dallas. You couldn't take him out if he won. You couldn't take him out if he won. But it was a tough ball game, and plus they didn't want it looking bad for Dak come back against a Philly team that's undefeated. So let's let Cooper Rush play. If he wins, we'll deal with that. And it's a controversy. We can't take him out. Dak is going to be down for a few more weeks. But he lost, so now it's perfect time to put Dak in the, in, in the quarterback. So it's, you know, it's those kind of games that you got to play as a as an organization and as a coach. Uh, now let's talk about the Clippers. Kawhi is back in L.A. He didn't play last night in Oklahoma City, and they were just trounced. I mean, they looked awful. They were, Jake Gilgis Alexander, Fred. Yeah, well, the Clippers knew we could play when they had him. Yeah, they did. They knew. They knew he was pretty good. And uh, that was a Jerry West selection, I might add. Uh, so they knew he could play, and he put it on him last night. Paul George didn't play. Marcus Morris didn't play. Clippers aren't setting the world on fire here either, Rodney. Clippers aren't blowing anybody out or looking like a team that could win the NBA title. So why, when we look at the Clippers, do we go, yeah, but it's really early. It's really early. And when you look at the Lakers, you go, my God, they've got big problems. They've got to solve it. It's early for both teams. The Clippers, you go, meh, you know, they'll figure it out. The Lakers, you look at it and go, we're desperate now. Something's got to happen. And it's early for both teams. Because I think, don't you think and look at the Clippers as if, uh, when you look at the Clippers, you think they can turn it on. 
they get they get healthy, they can turn it on and 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 they'll be fine. They'll be right in the middle of the playoffs and and they'll they'll make a run. They have the talent to be able to do that. When you look at the Lakers, you're not sure. You're not sure that the Lakers can can overcome this. With the Clippers, it's like, "Ah, they don't have all their horses. Ah, Clippers will figure it out." Because they're 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 a deeper team and They've shown they can kind of do that a little bit, not to the, the level of winning a title, but they've shown they can turn it around. You don't feel that same confidence with the Lakers. Right, with the Lakers, you have basically the same cast of characters from last year, if not worse. Yeah. Is there anybody on this roster, obviously other than LeBron or AD, that's better than Malik Monk? No. No, exactly. No. So the Lakers probably got worse. The Clippers made the play-in last year, had injuries up and down the lineup. Kawhi didn't play at all. They're bringing them back into the mix. So the, the, the arrow's pointing up for them because, as Rodney mentioned, they have a lot of adversity going on on their roster with injuries and all that. They'll end up being fine. The Lakers are basically just rolling over the same issues from last season to this season with really no light at the end of the tunnel, save some sort of trade they make for Russell Westbrook, which is potentially a pipe dream. Yeah, and also I think the expectations are much higher for the Lakers simply because you have LeBron. You know, the Clippers have Kawhi Leonard, but he doesn't have – and it, he's well, as good. Well, what expecta- I mean, the expectation is the Clippers are the favorites in Vegas to win the championship. So from that standpoint, uh, talking expectations, they're actually higher for the Clippers. I think it's a sad commentary that the Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis don't have very high expectations. I think that's the story. Well, they don't have very high expectations in this market. As you point out, they're the favorites in Vegas. So around the country, people believe that they should win the thing. But again, the Clippers' problem has always been... Their profile is larger outside of Los Angeles than it is in the market they play. And that's because of the Lakers. I don't know if I necessarily get the feeling And the fact that they haven't won. And they haven't won. Right. That's what I was going to say. But just at this moment in time, I don't get a feeling from even Laker fans, the most, well, sure, diehard, you know, myopic ones, sure. But generally speaking, objective Laker fans will tell you right now, their expectations aren't very high for this team. They're like, hey, we can get ourselves a 6-7 seed, get in the playoffs and see what happens. We'll take it. I don't think they have any visions of them being a championship contender, sad as that might sound with LeBron and Anthony Davis as your two best players. At what point do you think uh, apathy sets in when it comes to the Lakers? You have LeBron, you have AD. People every year are excited, and it's really the way the Lakers have been constructed forever. Get a star, get two. They'll put people in the seats, and we'll be right there. But they're not right there. And if you go year after year after year, and this were to continue this season, at what point do people go, eh, you know what, nah, I, I, I'm not as interested as I normally would be. Especially for those ticket prices? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think they're, they, I don't know, interesting. I think the fans are smart. They understand. They look up and go, as constructed, there's, there's not a real chance for the Lakers to win it. And that is the standard for the Lakers is to be in the conversation to win it. And as the team is constructed, even with LeBron and Anthony Davis, because now you you know nowadays you you need a third and fourth guy. You need a rotation that can get it done. Yeah, you can't get it done with two guys. I don't care how good they are, and fans know that. So I, I think they've come to grips with unless the Lakers pull off a big trade or something going on, that then they may they're going to be at the bottom of the the playoff round and and maybe in the play in if lucky and. And we'll go from there. But I don't think there's any kind of illusions with the fans that they're going to go and 
win a title this year. It's almost like like the sad part is you'd almost rather be in the situation they were in a couple of years ago where they just had a bunch of young guys and there was like potential and hope. Don't you kind of get a sense that right now with LeBron and AD that there's really not a lot of hope? They're kind of in the mediocre, yeah. the place where you don't want to be. You talk about purgatory all the time, Fred. That's kind of where they are. They're not good enough to win a championship. And if they stay healthy, maybe they'll make the playoffs. Maybe. See, see this is what I've argued for years. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm not sure how many people agree with me in a market like Los Angeles. Because in some regards, I'm arguing against myself. But I've said this for years. You either want to be really good or really bad. If you're really bad, then you are open and honest. And you tell people, we've got a ways to go. But we're going to start building like this. You come and watch. You watch our stars of the future. You're involved. You get to see their progress. You get to see their growth. You get to evaluate as we evaluate. Come with us. It's not going to be exceptionally pleasant, but if you're invested in that way and you believe you're part of this, then you will watch. Then you will come and root them on. And we're going to do everything we can, humanly possible, to get good as quickly as we can, but we have to go through this period of time. And we're telling you up front, we're not going to lie to you. Come with us on this journey. I think people would respond to that, Rodney. Rather than... This ain't Pittsburgh. This ain't Philadelphia, Fred. I know it. it. Rather than the approach that they currently take. We'll get LeBron. We'll get AD. We've got stars. Now we got a chance, but we have no more money to pay anybody else, and we'll just fill it up around them and come to the games. Go get somebody. I don't care. Go bring them in. We're not going to give you two, three years. We're the Lakers. Even though they went to a stretch of a long time... um, but that's the mentality of fans with the Lakers. We're not going to give you that time. You better Next year, you better be ready to win it all. Every year since LeBron has been here, we have said the same thing. you got to win it now. Every year is you've got to win now when you have LeBron. You're not building for the future. You're building for right now. The only year I think that was legitimate was the, the year they won it that you felt like they were going to go win it and the year after they won it. You thought they were going to repeat because they had the guys. Yeah, and that year after is when Anthony Davis got injured and they got yep. run off the court by Phoenix in the first round. Yep. Yep. And then they panicked and stripped down the entire roster and traded for Russell Westbrook, which, as Fred, Fred will point out, LeBron James brought that on more than anybody. Yep. And that's really why they just deconstructed a roster that had just won the championship two years earlier, and the only reason they didn't advance in the playoffs is because Anthony Davis got injured. Correct. If they would have really looked at it, yeah. If they would have looked at it realistically like that, then they wouldn't have done that. But those were the two years, I think, that you looked at and go, we should win it. We got a chance to win it. Yeah, they they did panic. And they panicked. Here's why. Because you have LeBron. And if you don't win it one year, you got to do something to win it the next. Because the time is is ticking. So you've got to do it now. Every year with the Lakers, you've got to do it now. And that forced them into the position they're in, where they're worrying about right now. And that causes you to make some some knee-jerk decisions. And not you, you, all logic is thrown out. We're desperate. we got to go now, right now, this second. got to do it. What are we going to do? Well, that didn't work. Yeah, but it was close. Not close enough. Let's try something else. Because you have LeBron. And the problem becomes they don't have enough that's, help. Yeah, that's why I, I say 
when you when you're running a club, whether it be the the owner, the GM, you got to look at that. Hey, we were close, and if we if Andy Davis doesn't get hurt, we win the series against Phoenix, right? So it's about it's about one piece of there, not dismantling everything. And we're going to come back next year and go win this thing because we should have been in the finals last year. But they didn't do that. And, yes, LeBron had something to do with it. But you got to be able to say, oh, no, we're not going to break this whole thing up. We're going to ride with some of the young guys. We're going to ride with Caruso and KCP and Kuzma because they're going to get better. And we want a title with them. Why are we going to break that up? Yeah. Well, well, apparently Jeannie doesn't mind it because she gave Rob a four-year extension, so he's doing something right, right in her eyes. Yeah. Are they about to sell the team? Because why else would they give this guy an extension? <laughs> I don't know. I you don't know, know, that's how you take care of people, right? Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. If you're going to make a deal and, uh, you know, you, you like the people that work for you, you sign them to extensions, and the new people come in, they have to pay them off and put their own guy in. That's kind of a business practice. You take care of those people that have been with you all the way. I don't know what she's doing, but he's there, and the Lakers are exactly where they're at. Who wants to see UCLA play Stanford at the Rose Bowl this Saturday? We've got a pair of tickets, and they can be yours. 866-987-2570. 866-987-2570. Rodney, what caller number? Number five. Too big, too strong, Kawhi Leonard. Stop me if you've heard this one before. The L.A. Clippers are in Oklahoma City to take on the Thunder. Clippers Countdown kicks off tomorrow at 4 p.m. Right here on L.A.'s home for Clippers basketball. AM 570 L.A. Sports. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much, yes. Speaking of which, traffic. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Logan and Rodney. Rodney Pete. An athlete. Rodney Pete. A father. Rodney Pete. An LA icon. Rodney Pete. And this guy. Red Rogan. <laughs> AM 570, L.A. Sports. Hey, Brian and L.A., way to go. UCLA football is back at the Rose Bowl Saturday. The Bruins host Stanford. Get your tickets today online at uclabruins.com slash tickets. And listen to Petros and Money for your chance to win. Brian, you've won the tickets. You're going to the game. Coverage begins at 5 on your home of UCLA, AM 570, L.A. Sports. Ronnie, Kevin, thank you. Great work as always. Thank you for listening. And Rodney, back at it tomorrow. Yes, sir. Trying to floss on a blind to a broken man's dream A hard lesson, court cases keep them guessing Plea bargain ain't an option now, so I'm stressing Cost me more to be free than a life in the pen Making money over cuss words, writing again Learn how to think ahead, so I fight with my pen Late night, down sunset, like in the scene What's the worst they can do to a player? Got me lost in hell, to live and die in LA On bail, my people say For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 
as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.